Hey, what's up, y'all? It's the Hoop Live with Sean Sean Podcast. I'm your host, Sean C. Taylor. And I'm your host, Sean B. Taylor. And that's Twix right there. Yeah. <laughs> we coming to you live, trying something new, doing a little uh, little joint venture collaboration on Facebook Live. This is episode number 31, The Coach's Corner. Mm-hmm. So we recording on Anchor right now, which is where you can obviously find this podcast, but we're also doing a... a I guess a video oh, on Facebook Live, right? Yeah. And we got a special guest. Yeah. The man, the myth, the legend. We about to tap in right now. Yeah. Uncle Lenny, Myers. Coach Lenny Myers, right? <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and tap him in. All right. Oh, he's coming in. To our, our podcast folks, our audio folks, bear with us because we going live and we doing like, this is basically just like a live feed almost, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uncle Lenny's still connecting. Oh, there he is. There he is. Oh my gosh. Hey, hey. We got Lenny Myers, Coach Myers, the CEO and founder of Reach Beyond Basketball, a Montgomery County hooping legend, and one of the best coaches and people that I personally know. I'm obviously very biased. This is my best friend, 30 years. Uncle Sean, I mean, uh, Uncle Sean, Little Sean's godfather. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Hoop Life with Sean and Sean podcast. We, we're very pleased to have you. Yeah. Hey, I appreciate the intro. That was a heck of an intro, <laughs> man. I appreciate that, though. Uh, I've, been, uh, I've been waiting all day for this, so I'm excited hey. uh, to talk to you guys. And uh, first and foremost, I got to just say, you know, I'm just super proud of both of you for the, the, the great job that you're doing, you know, on this show. So, um, you know, you're a lot of episodes in over 20, 20 what, 20? This is 31 right here. This is 31, right? Yeah. Okay. So, the great job with the show. You know, I love hearing you guys talk, especially, you know, for one, you, you Sean, you know, a great basketball mind, Sean, your dad, you know, one of the greatest basketball minds that I've, that I've been around or played with. <laughs> And I've been around a few guys, wow. you know, and uh, so definitely, um, you know, I know you watch the game with him and, and, you know, he's constantly teaching you about the game and it reflects on, on what you're doing, man, how good of a job you're doing and your love of the game. And, uh, you know, I'm just proud of you too. keep doing a great job. Love the show. So I'm excited to be on. Yeah, Thank you, Uncle Wayne. Yeah, we're excited to have you on too, as always. Well, hey, thank you for the kind words as well. Uh, you know, the feeling is definitely mutual and the, the re- level of respect I have for your basketball mind and your basketball practice. So before we get into today's episode, uh, the coach's corner, and we had to bring in one of the best coaches I know um, to, to contribute to this, this episode. Can you please tell folks a little bit about what it is that you've built over the last 10, 15 years now? Um, and reach beyond and the things that you've done with your coaching career in basketball. Okay. Um, yeah, sure. I'll talk about that. Uh, so reach beyond is a program I started probably about there. This is the 12th year. Wow. 12 years. Wow. Uh, coming up on that. So, you know, I started this back when I used to work at Ebrook Lee middle school, uh, myself, uh, Mike Brevner, you know, my big brave. Yeah. Uncle Josh. Um, yeah, so we they were you know instrumental in, in putting that together with me, and um, it's just a 
nonprofit organization now. It's a youth basketball and mentorship program. And uh, what we what we do is we teach kids, you know, to reach beyond, uh, you know, uh, your comfort level to, you know, achieve, to get past the level of me- mediocrity. Right. Like we were talking about the other day. Absolutely. So, um, and, um, you know, be, become the best versions of themselves, you know, so... That's been the goal, 13 years strong, summer camps, um, mentor programs, big on that. And so, uh, yeah, that's um, a little bit about Reach Beyond. Um, I've been coaching in Montgomery County for almost the same uh, length of time. Started at Seneca Valley, then coach was along. That's right, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was the first stop. Yep, so um, coach there, and then coach at Magruder with our coach. You know, uh, Dan Harwood. Absolutely. That was a great experience there. Learned a lot from him. Um, and then I've been coaching at Kennedy. I coached at Kennedy for seven years, eight years. Um, you know, and uh, was assistant there. Had JV coach there and a long time assistant at Kennedy. So, and um, took a couple years off. So, but about to get back into it. But, um, yeah, that's a little bit about about the coaching and reach beyond and everything. Absolutely, man. You're being very humble in your description, too. Yo, I see people tuning in. Uh, Maya Parrot, what up? Tuan, what's up, big bro? Coach Josh Myers in the building as well. Big shout out to great folks, man. Um, and so you talked a little bit about reaching beyond, right? Obviously, it's in your name, but you say you reach beyond mediocrity and you're reaching for a certain level of success. Can you break down real quick the four C's? that Reach Beyond is built on? Because I feel like that really is just a vital, obviously a vital part of your organization, but it's vital into in, in the way that you coach and you build your, not I shouldn't even say players, your young men and women that you work with. Right, yeah, the four C's um, is, a, is a concept I came up with at the beginning when we first started. Um, and it's four words that I believe, that we believe, that uh, are necessary to have <laughs> six. Twan said he's been coaching all these years, still look 25. <laughs> I see Twan. I see Twan, my man. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so confidence, commitment, consistency, and character. So we, we teach that these are things that are necessary to be successful, um, first of all, in life in general. Absolutely. In the classroom and third in basketball. So they all relate. Um you know, and so, so those are the four C's, um, but they all relate off the court, on the court, and uh, all are very essential. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And so, again, you talk about building players and building young men and women, which I just absolutely love. Um, and I think you just give give these folks a great foundation. You know, I've seen your camp in person. I've worked your camp in person. Sean has attended it. And uh, obviously, we just are big supporters of, of what you're doing. Um, and again, like that foundation, that word can't be stressed enough, especially today in 2020, where, you know, kids will, will not even just kids, some adults as well, and we'll get into that in a minute, will think that you can skip steps or it's just about getting a bucket. But it's like, well, there's a reason why you teach the way that you do and you build on that strong foundation and you really hammer home those fundamentals both on and off the court. So we just, we, we love what you're doing, man. So keep doing what you're doing. Appreciate that. Appreciate it, guys. Absolutely. So 
getting into the actual uh, uh, NBA coaches, right? We had a whole bunch of changes this year. So we had... Who, who do we have get fired? Some people step down. Who do we have, Sean? We had Alvin Gentry, Mike D'Antoni, uh, Doc Rivers, Brett Brown. Uh, I, I can't remember. Did Nate McMillan get fired? Nate McMillan, right in Indiana. Nate Billy McMillan. Donovan. Billy Donovan, he stepped down. Right. Uh, then he head to the Bulls, I'm pretty sure. He, he did go to the Bulls. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm pretty sure that's it. That boy got a good memory, right? That's good. That's good. <laughs> um, Absolutely. So we wanted to first dive into Doc Rivers, right? Who Sean is not a huge fan of because I think he uh, there's still a little bit of rivalry there because Sean's a Lakers fan. But Sean also says that, uh, you know, you hear players say Doc Rivers is a player's coach. And sometimes that's good, but sometimes that can come back to bite you, as I'm sure you know. And, you know, you strike a good balance between being a player's coach, but still being very firm in your approach, right? Right. He gets fired by the Clippers after they blow the 3-1 lead, but then quickly gets hired by the 76ers who had just fired Brett Brown. What do you think about that whole situation, them blowing the 3-1 lead uh, You know, in L.A.? Because I don't think anybody saw that coming. Definitely thought they were going to be competing for a championship. And then what do you think about his prospects in Philadelphia working with some people would say an odd couple in Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons? Yeah, so it's a lot there. Uh, um, so I, I have mixed feelings about that. Um, that's one of the ones. I think everybody else on the list. I was pretty clear cut one way or the other. Right. If they, if they, you know, should have kept the job or not. Right. Everybody else is clear cut to me. But this one, Doc, is hard because it's a lot of factors that go into it. Okay. You know, so, um, so like you said, um, different. You know, you get a different. Player, you have players, coaches, and whatnot. You have more experienced coaches. Doc is a more experienced coach. He's coached multiple teams. Um, he's had success. He has an NBA championship. Right. You know, so that goes a long way. Yep. You know, anybody who has an NBA championship, you know, you got a good chance of keeping a job. Right. Um, so, you know, that being said, and I think he has some, some, he had good success with a lot of his teams, even though he underachieved. Uh, that's the, you know, the kind of, the stigma about he, he underachieved in L.A. with the, some of the Clippers teams he had. We right. about that. Yep. Um, so, I think that being said, um, you know, the, I, I think it just got to a point where I don't think that this particular season, it, it wasn't just that, but that was just the straw that broke the camel's back. Right. Not because... Just because of their underachievement, you know, with the Clippers. Right. And uh, But then, you know, I think he, had, he did a decent job with some of them. Obviously, the last Clippers team before Kawhi and PG came. Right. They were solid. Yeah. They, they won a couple games against the Warriors that, that year in the playoffs. That's that a good year. point. Um, you know, they had um, Tobias Harris looking great. He was, yeah. you know, it was on top the best that we've seen him under Doc. Right. That's a, that's know, a great um, point. Shy. He right. developed a lot under Doc. He did. So, um, you know, that's why I kind of feel both ways. But I understand, you know, why why Steve Ballmer. If I was Steve Ballmer, I, I think I may have maybe given him one more year. Right. You know, first team, it was a lot of factors with that Clippers team. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, you know, 
it's just, you just don't know how much some of the things, as far as the Clippers, because you asked about that, like how the season went and, mm-hmm. you know, them losing. I think that, you know, a lot of it was due to the lack of chemistry, which has been said by even the players. Right. You know, but the fact that, you know, the rest management during the season. Right. Um, they rarely played with their whole, right. their whole unit. Yeah. Their whole, like, top eight or nine. Yeah. And I, I, it's a very low you know, um, number of times. So, um, I, I don't know if that's a re- see at the, at the NBA level, you know, it can be a number of things, Yeah. you know, so it's kind of hard to pinpoint I, that could be a reflection on doc, you know, um, you know, with the NBA, you have to manage, you know, men who are making a lot more than you are. Right. And, and you know, at that, you know, then the coaching. So it's, it's, it's a tough management position. So I don't know if right. it's, if it's reflection on Doc, is it come down to the players? You know, would they have done that, you know, with a different coach? How much of it was influenced, you know, by, by Doc or the players? Um, even in the bubble, they still were, you know, Lou left, Pat right. had yeah. some things going on, yeah. uh, Trez did. So they were never, you know, so I, I, I think, you know, for one year with that team, I think, you know, he deserved, I think he deserved another year. Right. You know, just to, because they had so much of that. Now, I don't know who's to blame for that, but mm-hmm. that was the case. So, since it was, if it wasn't directly Doc, you know, then I, I think he should have, I think he should have got another year with, with that squad. Right. Not to cut you off, but Tuan said, I noticed when you bring big name coaches on your staff, like a Ty Lue, who ended up taking over for Doc in uh, LA, signed a five year deal yesterday. It seems as though they're already waiting to replace you if you don't succeed. I can't argue with that. I can't argue with that, especially because Ty Lue does have a championship ring, obviously, with LeBron in uh, Cleveland in 2016. What do you think about that, Sean? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that the way they kind of set that up was pretty good. Uh, the Clippers bringing a good coach and stuff on it. Um, coaches that have coached good NBA teams and have done solid in the playoffs and had some slightly good playoff runs. Um Tyron Lue, obviously, being to the finals a lot. Jason Kidd, uh, Coach Giannis, and the Bucks. So I think that would, I think that was a pretty smart move. No, nah, Jay Kidd's on the Lakers though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah tripping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think uh, bringing Ty Lue on there, yeah, that's a more championship experience. Yeah, Sam Cassell. Sam Cassell. Right. Yeah, but I think the Clippers, the way they had that set up, was really smart, and. And even the Lakers kind of having Jason Kidd on there as well. But I think, you know, that was pretty smart by the Clippers. So to Tuan's point, if Frank Vogel would have not won the championship this year and lost in kind of devastating fashion the way that the Clippers did, do you think that they would have replaced him? And this is for Coach Myers and for Sean. Do you think the Lakers would have replaced him since they did have some big name uh, players on their, I mean, uh, coaches on their their coaching staff. No, I don't think so. No, all <laughs> right, no. yeah, and that's a little different because he just had one the one year, right? right. <laughs> hey, look, Twan yeah. said if Vogel didn't win, J.K. would have gotten that job. Maybe. I mean, at the end of the day, it is all about winning. But I do think, to your point, Coach Myers, that Doc underperforming had become a pattern. Right, yeah. that had become a thing with the Clippers, with Lob City, or with PG and Kawhi. They just weren't winning championships, and at the end of the day, right. that's what it's all about. 
and to go out in spectacular fashion the way they did to Denver, blowing that 3-1 lead, and then in all three games having double-digit leads, and then losing by double digits, which is like a 20, 30-point swing in each game, that just was, was unacceptable. So, it and, is unacceptable. Yeah, and you heard reports about Steve Ballmer being, quote-unquote, irate after they got knocked out. And you know how, like, he be like, like that. So <laughs> I can only imagine what he was doing. But what do you think yeah. about Doc's prospects in Philly? Because Brett Brown kind of went out under in a similar fashion, right? He was a part yeah. of the process, and, and uh, kind of those Philly teams underperformed. Obviously, this year they got knocked out early in the playoffs, uh, but in a total lack of chemistry, in my opinion. Uh, and so now you bring in Doc, who's kind of was the victim to the, not the victim, but kind of, you know, uh, got hammered by the same thing into that situation. What do you think his prospects are there? Um, I think he's really a perfect spot. Wow. You know, back in the East, I look at Doc, you know, as, as the Eastern Conference coach, you know. Hey, they said get rid of Ben. <laughs> My man, they said get rid of Ben. And a lot is going to depend on that. Right. You know, um, you know if Ben, if they if they try to trade him. Right. Um, you know, there's rumors about that, you know. And so, you know, I mean, I guess we got to assume that they're going to have the same team. So, if we assume that. But I think it's good. Like I said, I think Doc could could do well in the East. And still, you know, Eastern Conference has always been a little different. And and I still think it's still like this, where more teams in the West, it seems like they have more of a freelance offense. Right. You know, and uh, whereas it seems like some of the teams like the Celtics and the Raptors, they, um, you know, run a few more sets. Yeah. A little more um, control. That's a good point. That's a great point. Yeah, so I think it'll do. I think it's a great spot, probably the perfect spot for him. A team that underachieved. Yeah. Now here's your chance. You know, you're known as someone who underachieved yourself. So right. Right. To bring a team, <laughs> you know, back from uh, who was a contender, underachieved, and see if you can bring him back. So I think that's a is a pivotal, you know, moment in, in his coaching career. Yeah. This stop right here. Yeah. I I actually agree 100 percent with you. What do, What about you, Sean? Um, I think it's kind of like up and down because, like we said, Doc is more so like a player's coach. Or what I say is Doc is more so a player's coach, and he's been known to be a player's coach, and he's received some criticism for that in past years. But at the same time, he's won a championship where there was multiple guys that he can go to um, who could score and execute on defense as well. So I think he's really going to have to go – back to that because you can't look to Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid just to take over every night unless there's like a week big or like Ben Simmons is way bigger than the the person that's guarding him. So I think really it's just going to have to be a matter of Doc Rivers just really trying to get the team together and, you know, not be the same Doc Rivers we've seen him be in recent years. Yeah, I mean, that's a, those are some great points, Sean. In addition to Doc Rivers being uh Sorry, we got a phone call there for a second. Um, in addition to Doc Rivers being a player's coach, he's been big about the team, right? In 2008, in that championship team with the Celtics, it was all about Ubuntu, which is the African, uh, I forget which exact language it is, but it's the philosophy of we is bigger than me type thing, right? So it was surprising to see the Clippers not embody that at all, right? So if he can bring, you know, the, the best out of the players in Philly 
and kind of bring that spirit of cohesiveness to to the Sixers, I agree. I think it could be a great, great uh, situation for him. At the same time, I do think there are some people who say, well, in 2008, you had KG, you had Pierce, you had had all these guys, right? Uh, Hall of Fame guys, right? Can, but you've blown three three one leads. Can you actually yeah. coach? Is Doc Rivers actually right. a good coach, right? Yeah. And I think he's a good coach. But when I when I hear a pose like that, I'm like, ah, they they might kind of be on to something. The jury's still a Definitely little bit argument. out, right? Definitely argument there. Yeah. So do you think that if he doesn't experience some early success, do you think they may pull the plug on that that quickly? Before they do that, do that, they would they would try to make a move on, mm-hmm. on the roster. I think. Yeah, good point. Um, I, I think they would give them at least enough chance to, uh, you know, to try to move some things around first. Right, and I think they need so to. I, I think they need to. Yeah, definitely. I think they do. Um, and to like to you and Sean both, Sean hit on it on about Doc, you know, coaching some high level guys, superstars, and you just mentioned it too with the Celtics. You know, um, and you said, can he really coach? So this is, I think, you know, we're going to really see. Right. Because they don't really have superstars. They nah. got one guy that's, that you can probably put on that level with, with Embiid. Right. And, you know, so they have a very, to me, a very average roster. Right. I, so, I totally um, agree. So, yeah. So, you know, I'm not high on Ben Simmons. You right. know me neither. But, um, me neither. But, so, but we, I think when, when guys, like you said, I think we got to give them the benefit of the doubt until they don't. Right, you know, and because like, like Spo, a good example of that, um, Eric Spo. Right, he, um, you know, we was wondering that. Yeah, know, and we used to always talk in our, in our <laughs> right. context about him. Right, and we, we, you know, and we didn't know because yeah. he coached, you know, he coached LeBron, yeah, D Wade and Bosh. Good point. And then he ended up being a great coach. Great you point. Know, he, he overachieved. Great point. And uh, you know, went to the NBA Finals and no one saw that coming. So yeah, guys like him and um. Uh, like, you know, Lou, Teron Lou, we don't really know, but. Right. So, Tuan just said KG's vocal lead helped Doc a lot. I, I agree yeah. with that. That's a fantastic point. Because when yeah. you have a personality as yeah. strong as KG and someone who's that good that's out there really firing up the squad, um, yeah, I think that's a great point, Tuan. Nate Bowden said Philly, the city needs Doc. He's an hour from hour or so away from uh, the city needs a leader like Doc. I actually, I love Doc as far as like the social justice warrior, as far as like, you know, speaking out on, on civil rights and stuff. I, and I think that he's good as like a, a good uh, role model for young black men. I really do believe that, right? I, again, I just, I'm like, I really want to see what kind of coaching job he does, right? I would love yeah. to see him in an NBA executive like actually work for the NBA in some type of like ambassador role to grow the game. Maybe even like an NBA Africa type thing. Maybe that's a little bit way out here, but I would love to see him do something like that. Right. I agree with that. Right? Hey, Jamie yeah. Means say what's up? What's yeah. up, Jamie Means taking it way back. Right? So yeah. let's move on from Doc to the situation in Houston. Right, Mike D'Antoni steps down, basically says, I'm going to become a free agent, right? Mm-hmm. Then 
you hear reports about Steve Nash wants to pull him into his staff with the Nets, right? That was a, I didn't see that. We're going to get into the Nets, but I did not see that Steve Nash hire coming. And I actually think that that's like a, that's a big chess move right there for the Nets, right? But you hear about uh, Steve Nash trying to pull Mike D'Antoni into his staff. Mike D'Antoni says no, right? But then Daryl Morey, the, the self-proclaimed super genius GM, steps down as the GM for the, the Rockets as well, effective November 1st. What is going on in Houston? And what does this mean for the beard since the kind of the architect of his style of basketball is leaving? Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, again, it's, it's it's one of the things that you just wonder the inside thing. Right. Like, you know, did, did were they like, okay, man, you gotta go. Yeah. You know? Right. Like, we'll say that you leave. Right. Man, right. You, you basically fired. Right. You know, <laughs> right. Or, or or did he just not like something about it? I don't know about his relationship with James with, with, with Harden or what. You know. Yeah. And yeah, maybe he didn't like. The Westbrook, you can't deal with him. That's right. the, I mean, I don't know. Um, so yeah, you know, I don't know. I think, you know, if, if I'm the if I'm the owner of the Rockets, um, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with that. That's one of the ones I said. If they did let him go, yeah, they, I would agree with letting right Antonio go. Yeah, um, because obviously you're not known for, you know for a defensive he's not a defensive minded coach you know right. his team is with Nash and the Suns and all that they would never were so you know we saw flashes of that of, of some good defense with the Rockets yeah you know so maybe I don't know maybe you don't want to say you know maybe a defensive minded coach you right. know could probably could kind of balance that yeah that's a good point and, and, and maybe but so what do you think about that Sean? I, I don't I don't know I feel like it, it had to be something with Mike D'Antoni just felt like it was like it's time to go or there was just something he was upset about in Houston. Because I feel like Houston, as Houston, you got to know, like like you said, that that Mike D'Antoni is like the architect of how James Harden plays and stuff. And he really helps embrace like James Harden when he's playing on the court, which, you know, it's just a bunch of ISO basketball most of the time. I, it, it's really weird. I don't really know who they're going to bring in. It, it's It almost seems like they might be upset about something. Maybe it's like people are saying because they lost to the Lakers and the Rockets are seeing a lot of cr- criticism in past years saying like hard and chokes and stuff. I, I, I really don't know. It's it's really a weird situation. I, I, I don't know what's going on there right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. And I, I like what, what Coach Meyer said about maybe bringing in a defensive-minded coach to balance that out may work, right? And Nate Bowden actually just said Houston needs to sign Mark Jackson. Now, Mark Jackson, like, people forget that Mark Jackson not only changed the culture in Golden State when he came there, he made them a much better defensive team because they were awful defensively, and then he put them in the top five uh, in the time that he was coaching there. And so I think I, I, I wouldn't mind that, that, uh, that hire. I just think that Houston is an oddly constructed team, and I don't really enjoy watching them play. And they're just built for the regular season, right? <laughs> like that ISO ball. And Steve Kerr kind of took a shot at James Harden the other day when they were asking about when Steph comes back. And he was like, uh, they said something about, are you going to 
kind of go more like the Harden style. And he was like, yeah, go 70 high screen and rolls while everyone else just stands around. I don't think so. Right. <laughs> like, and that's like something that you and I have talked about, Coach Myers and Sean, too. Like, that's, I mean, even Kobe, the late great Kobe Bryant said, like, you're in front of the defense the whole time. They're just staring at you. That can work in the regular season, but in the postseason where teams really game plan for you, you just you can't beat that. And I mean, they're not even getting close to the finals. They haven't even gotten close to the finals with Harden. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, maybe one year they did. I don't. Yeah, no, they did because they yeah, were one year. Two. They were one year. I'm sorry. One year they were close, but James Harden's been in Houston for like seven, eight years now. So it's not like year two or three. Yeah. Right? I think Harden really next year needs to take this season to, like, the regular season to learn how to play in the system. Like, they need yeah. to find a coach that will help him play in the system. Right. And I think, uh, to your friend Nathan Bowden's point, I think they probably need to probably sign Mark Jackson because he kind of brought the culture into Golden State, like you said. Yeah. So, I think that would be a good coach for the Rockets. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who, who takes over that job. Um, and there's another job opening in New Orleans which I think is is super hot to kind of make that pivot, right? Mm-hmm. I did not see Alvin Gentry getting fired at all. Yeah. Auntie Lisa, what's going on? Um, yeah, I did not see that happening at all. I did not feel like he got enough time to work with that young squad, especially having Zion on the major minutes restriction. Um, and I know they kind of collapsed in the bubble, but that makes sense to me, right? Memphis also kind of collapsed as well, right? Because they went into the bubble with the ace spot. And obviously Portland, the veteran team, with some bona fide superstars, ended up taking over that ace spot, as I think a lot of people expected. Mm. Like, who do you see? Well, I guess the question is, one, did you see Gentry getting fired like that? And two, who do you think will be a good fit for that New Orleans job? Because you got to think that it's got to be one of the hottest jobs out there with the young talent they have. Yeah, definitely. Nah, I didn't see Alvin getting fired. <laughs> you know, it it really upsets me. I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, it, it, it when guys don't he don't get a fair shake like that. I mean, and and, and we all, we can't really even have this conversation, you know, a coaching conversation and talk about the vacancies. And it's been a hot topic, but you know, we got to talk about you know the amount of African American coaches in the league, right? Um, as being a factor in everything, right? And uh, good you know, point. Chris Paul has been a good, has been an advocate. Right. The NBA has been, it's been an initiative, right, to try to improve that. And you know, as you guys know, instead, it's going the other direction, right? Right. You know, where a lot of them have got or, or being fired, yeah, and not hired, right? So, um, you know, that that's that's always a factor in that. I, I think, but to your question, I think that um. You know, and, and I saw something. I believe you know, that it's been a while since I don't know if a, if an African American coach has held a job more than like a couple years, except for Doc Rivers. I mean, that wouldn't surprise so, me. Yeah. So I mean, you get a two year two year deal. You right. know. Right. I think, and that that's a. I, I'm pretty sure that's true. Yeah. I mean, that sounds about so, right. A, I mean, that's pretty crazy. It is very crazy. It. You know, and it goes completely against the initiative, you know, that, that we're trying to do here. Right. But, um, you know, so that was disappointing yeah. with, with that. Like you said, they lost in the bubble, but Zion, like you mentioned, re- menace restrictions, and he 
he just came back not yeah. too long before the season, you know, the first part ended. Right. Um, he had the player, the most improved player of the year. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, wow. He right. The most improved player of the year. That means you have to take some, he has to get some credit in developing him that for that year to be most improved. Right. And his staff. Yeah. So that's disappointing. I think, you know, but to, to think about guys that would, that could, um, do well there. I would love to see a younger guy and on, yeah. on that. Like you said, with young superstars, I like a guy like Sam Cassell. Yeah. Oh, I would love that. To, to get a shot, you know, at a job like that. I think he would do great. Right. I think, um, you know, I think Jason Kidd had a couple rocky coaches. Right. Stops, he but. did. <laughs> it was the water incident, man, when he did the fake water thing. That hurt him, man. Right. So, uh, no, that's the name, though. I heard that um, recently. Yeah, same for Sale Twan. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I heard that Chauncey was trying to get, you know, some interviews for some of these jobs. Okay. You know, and that's a great basketball mind. Oh, fantastic right. basketball think, mind. You know, a guy like Chauncey, because, you know, just like Steve Nash. Right. You know, getting a job. He's like a guy like that. Great basketball mind, um, you know, player. That, that everybody knows. Mm-hmm. So I would like to see, you know, one of those two guys get that job. Right. Maybe Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson, I would probably put in any in any job. Yeah. 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 What do you think, Sean? Yeah. So wait, I'm sorry. What was your first question? Was it Alvin? Why did it- <laughs> Were you surprised that Alvin Gentry got fired? And who do you think would be a good fit for that job? Well, to answer your first question, I definitely was surprised that he got fired. I don't. I don't see why they didn't give him one more year, considering that Zion was out for like half the year, and just they didn't really have their whole squad for the whole year. There was a lot of times where someone was always out, and especially with how many key pieces that I feel like the New Orleans Pelicans have, and they're so young that in a couple of years they can really start to bring that together. I think it was kind of a bad move by um, the or the Pelicans organization. I think that they probably they definitely should have kept. Alvin Gentry, no doubt. Um, but to answer your second question, I think the best fit would probably definitely, like Uncle Lenny said, um, Mark Jackson. I could see him um, being in any coaching role for any team, really. But maybe even someone like a Nate McMillan, mm-hmm. who really makes the best out of players and younger players you saw in Indiana. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, he really made a he really made the best out of them. So I yeah. think definitely. Definitely that Nick McMillan could be a good fit for the Pelicans because they got so many young guys that I can see being really good in a couple of years. Right. And, I mean, you make the best out of them dudes, they can be a real problem in a couple of years. Yeah. I mean, you make some good points, especially with Nate McMillan because he did maximize the talent in Indiana. <laughs> Coach said, like, by a million, right? <laughs> um, but I like, I like the Sam Cassell. I hadn't even thought about Sam Cassell. I would like that hire a lot because he's got championships as a player, um, and then he's been on some championship caliber type coaching staffs. So yeah, I would love to see that and just to give him a shot. Kind of to your point, uh, Coach Myers, a lot of African American coaches don't just get a shot like that, right? They like really have to like double earn it. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I would love love to see that. Um, I can't really think about anyone else. Maybe Jacques Vaughn. I wouldn't mind Jacques Vaughn. He did well in Brooklyn in the interim role. 
Um, but yeah, I, I think those are some strong candidates. Nick Turner, what's going on, bro? Sorry, we missed you on the first question. We said something about Harden staying in Houston. Um, yeah, I definitely think Harden's gonna stay in Houston because he just he loves the city um, and he's committed to that franchise. Um, but to keep it moving, the next question you said, Nick Turner, was Nashing in Brooklyn. That's where we was about to go next. That's where we were about to go next. And Coach Myers talked about the racial component, right? Because when Steve Nash got hired, Stephen A. Smith went on a nice little rant the next day and talked about he got the job because he's white and, you know, black coaches don't get these opportunities. And to a certain extent, I agree with him about, like I just said, black coaches not getting opportunities as quickly and not being able to hold on to them for as long. But Damian Lillard came out and tweeted like a week or two ago and said that Steve Nash didn't get the job because he was white. He got the job because he's a two-time MVP and he has great relationships. He has great relationships. So I was like, I actually agree with that angle more. Um, And like I said earlier, I think it's actually... It could work out really, really well because Kyrie is a weird dude, man. He's very mercurial, right? And KD, even though he's DMV stand up all day and we, we, you know, support and salute him, he seems like he's a little bit of a weird dude too, right? But I remember in the Kevin Durant documentary, him working out with Steve Nash a couple years ago, right? So there's a relationship there. Kyrie's worked out with Steve Nash and obviously Steve Nash is a point god. So, that, and, you know, he can teach them some things there. So, that's what I think. There. I think it's going to work out well in Brooklyn. I'm, I'm interested to hear what you guys think, though. Mm. Uh, go ahead, Sean. Uh, I think that, uh, like you said and what Dame said in his tweet, that Steve Nash obviously has a lot of relationships, especially with KD. He's working out with KD, work with you know him and Golden State. So, it's not too long ago. And I think that Kyrie, like you say, he has like a couple locker room problems, the same as he did in Brooklyn. So I think that Steve Nash, obviously because he was so great in the court and he was such a great facilitator, he knew, knew where guys were going to be. He probably had really good relationships with them on mm, and off point. the court. Great point. So I think that he can maybe help Kyrie get that together and that, you know, it'll help the team get really flowing smoothly. Right. And that will make the, the Nets like maybe – Top, like the front runner for the championship next year. Mm. Mm. Coach Myers, what you think about that front runner for the championship? They, they have the talent to, to win the championship. Yeah. They, they definitely have the talent to win. Um, I like their roster a lot. Yeah, me um, too. You know, as far as the depth, they showed they were in a bubble, you know, and, and right. they look good without, you know, arguably the best player in the league. Mm-hmm. You know, top three for sure. And then another all-star. <laughs> I say all-star. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want no beef. <laughs> but uh, top three. So, yeah, um, yeah, I think I, I agree. I see where Stephen A. was coming from mm-hmm. with the hire. He's a, he's, a, he's a New York guy, too. You know? Right. So, you know, I, I think he... I think he really wanted an African American coach right. know, in, in that job, especially when the, in the Knicks hired um, Thibodeau. Right. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look. And, hey, no shade to know, Tom, but that's like such an uninspiring hire. If you're a, a Knicks fan, hire. right? That's a terrible. Hire. <laughs> you know? So you want to see, you know, you want to see something. Even, you know, 
that that's that's tough. So um I, I think you go two ways. I wouldn't be surprised either way it went. Yeah. Kyrie's all, already made some crazy comments <laughs> like right. me and K D could be the coach. Right, right. You know, so going into it, <laughs> you know, do you how much do you really respect have respect for Steve Nash as a head coach? Hey, can I jump in real you quick know? though? Can I yeah. jump in real quick? And you're you're absolutely right. And when I read that quote, like I've just grown accustomed to with Kyrie, I just went and just shook my head. And then I kept it moving, right? And so my point is that another coach like a Thibodeau, right, or maybe an older coach, more conservative coach, might feel the need to really address that, right? But I feel like Nash, he's always been so cool. And he's a younger guy. He's in the tech and all that, right? Um, I think that he probably did something similar when he heard that. Like he was like, Kyrie said what? And then just walked and then just let it go. I think he's like one of the he's got the temperament where he could just let something like that roll off his back. Whereas most people wouldn't because like you said, that comment was crazy. But my fault, go ahead. Nah, yeah, nah, I agree. I agree with everything you said. Um yeah, and I love Steve Nash. Yeah, me too. I think his basketball mind is crazy. Crazy. You know, so as far as that. But, you know, in the NBA, you know, it, it's, it's levels to every every coach. So you, high school is much different from high school. Right. Than, than different from college and NBA. NBA, you're not really teaching the game. Right. I mean, you're not, I'm sorry, you're not really teaching skill. Right, right. You know, and you're really not teaching the game as much. Right. You know, as you are at the lower levels. I mean, you're more... To me, it's more of management. Yeah, you know, uh, players and these, you know, especially the ones that they got. Like you said, <laughs> right. they're both a little different, right? So <laughs> right. they're vocal and they say crazy stuff sometimes, right? Respect, you know. So you know, management and um, you know, obviously matchups and adjustments and stuff like that. But it's it's so uh, I don't know. I can see it going two different ways uh, with that. Yeah, it just makes me question. You know, um, do you, is this a guy like you look at as your boy, like you're cool with? Right, right. A little older, right? You know, and you know, or I mean, I, because I I don't think if they had this hypothetically, if they had a coach like Pop, right? right? I think it would be a lot different approach than it would be Nash. Of course, you know. So it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting. Um, like I guess I I love Steve Nash. I would recommend him for a head coach job for sure. Absolutely. But this dynamic is going to be interesting. I'm not sure that that's going to be a great mix. I'm not confident in that. I, I don't. I would say that it's probably not. I think. Right. Um, because I I don't know about the, the the amount of respect as a head coach. You know. So I don't know. Right. I mean, and I get you. I'm like I also think it's fifty fifty. But the reason why I said I thought it was such a great move earlier is because I can't think of anyone better. Yeah. I, I really can't. Because today's players, as you know, are much different than the players from our generation. Right? Where before it was just like, we're the coach. You listen to what we say. This is what it is. It was very black and white. Those lines are blurred now. Right? And I think right. Doc Rivers, that's kind of what got him into trouble. Because... He was so eager to get the talent in there and Kawhi and Paul George. Oh, yeah, get the talent in and we'll figure it out, right? And it was like, well, okay, now we low managing 75 games, right? <laughs> like you barely ever have your full roster playing because it's like, well, this is what they do now. We just got to kind of let it go. And Steve Nash 
to your point about like uh, your your you being a fan of his on the court. I'm with you. I think he's a basketball savant. I also think Kyrie, 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 and KD are also basketball savants, right? And I actually think it's a little funny now when they make these like like off the wall comments because to me they're more so like artists or like musicians where they like got a genius level uh, to them, but they're kind of quirky as a lot of artists and musicians are. So I don't mind it as much, right? Like I said, I just shake my head and keep going. But you have to know how to strike that balance between, for lack of a better term, catering to the players, right? As I'm sure you run into sometimes, Coach Ma, I know you'd be on them, though. You'd be like, hit that baseline. But in the NBA, like you said, it's level. You can't just do that. So you got to cater to them on one hand, but you got to hold them accountable at the same time. And I think that Steve Nash does a great job with that. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, Steve Kerr does a great, great job with that. And Steve Nash worked with Golden State as a player development coach. So I think he's coming from that same kind of like laid back, maybe smokes a little bit type vibe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Last thing I say real quick, though, you know, I don't want to carry Steve Nash. Like I said, I like Steve Nash a lot. I think it's just those guys. I think he could. I think a different team with that has some superstars. I think he would he could do that with me. I, right. I just, I'm just talking about with these two guys, you know. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So, yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. You have any more thoughts on the Nash Brooklyn thing? Mm, no, I think it's I think it's gonna be more likely a good move, but I can really see it going downhill as well. But I think I think it will be good. Okay. So the last coaching stop we want to talk about is another kind of unexpected shift. Who is that? My fault. Hold on. I'm missing my Ian Ellis. What's going on, man? Hey, Nick Turner said Nash was a magician in passing and he could shoot and he can handle. Like if you put Steve Nash in the league right now in his prime, he would torch people. Right. Because in that era, too, like all the point guards were passed for pass first. You didn't have a lot of scoring point guards. But if you put him in the league now where you couldn't hand, we Sean and I watching the game like like a month ago. I'm talking about they on Steve Nash riding him hard with the arm bar, right? He's falling down, throwing no looks with both. And like, this guy is incredible, right? He's tough. He's very tough. But to the last coaching uh, transition, if you will, no one, I don't think, saw OKC doing what they did this year, right? And a lot of, like, Billy Donovan got a lot of credit for that, as he should have, right? But then, at least myself and Sean, we talked about this. We didn't see him leaving OKC and then going to Chicago, which has just been in total disarray forever. Forever, ever, forever, ever. Like, they haven't been good in a while, right? Um, So what do you think about that? What do you make of that whole situation? Um, The only thing I can make of that is that you know, it was either, I don't know, he either have ties to Chicago and really wanted to coach there, mm-hmm. you know, or something behind the scenes in OKC, in OKC because right. like you said, he did a great job there. Right. You know, and we talk, you got a championship coach, you know, college, um, the Gators championship coach, um, did a great job with a team that was projected not even to be close to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be in a similar situation the Bulls and the Thunder because you know there's a lot of speculation that CP is going to roll out yeah so you know the Lakers are supposed to be trying to 
you know, work, work something out. Peel him away, right? Yeah, I think, I think you know, a veteran uh, team, a contending team, you know, will try to get him somebody like the Lakers or the Rumor. You right. know, even a Miami. Yeah, Miami tried to get him last year. Yeah, so there's some contenders, you know, that we're talking. So you got to think he's leaving Gallinari's a free agent. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, that's tough. he's going to leave. So they're going to start over. They got Shy, right. which is, you know, I like him a lot. And the Bulls side, it's basically the, they're both rebuilding. Yeah. You know, Thunder and Bulls are going to be in a rebuilding stage probably. So, right. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know how. I, I would be trying, if I was the owner, I would be trying everything I could do to keep Billy Don. Right. Right. You know, in a, in a rebuild, especially in a rebuilding situation. Right. Uh, because college, you know, all this college experience dealing with younger yeah. guys. And Great stuff, point. And the job he did, I can't imagine. I mean, I'll be, I will be begging him. To right. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. What do you want to jump in there, Sean? Um, I mean, first of all, I think it's, I think it's re- like good and bad because if the Lakers get Chris Paul, that's definitely gonna be really good. <laughs> but I mean, at the same time, I, I think I really agree with Uncle Lenny. I'd be begging Billy, Billy Donovan to stay after all you did in OKC, and then this year especially, just. You know, they, like, I thought OKC was going to be the worst team in the league. Yeah. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> right. But, I mean, the fact that they were able to go to Game 7 with the Rockets. Yeah. Who, you know, eventually went on to um, play against the Lakers in the playoffs. I mean, it's just, like, they did such a good job this year. It, it was really crazy how they kind of brought everything together. and The young guys and then Chris Paul being the leader for all of them. But I think it it, it must have been something behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, and... OKC because I don't see why he would then he would leave OKC but then go to the the Bulls like if he were to leave OKC I would think that he would maybe be like done for a little bit and then like come back maybe right but no nah, he he just said he was going to the Bulls it's just yeah it, it really didn't make a lot of sense to me I I I wouldn't really understand why he did that but I mean like you said probably something behind the scenes right so I mean yeah and I mean I think again. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes, especially when you're talking about millions of dollars. But I think both of you guys brought up good points about Billy Donovan doing a great job with young guys, and I'm with you. Like, they should have been trying to keep him, but maybe he said a number that was just too high, and Chicago was like, yeah, you are us now. So, <laughs> like, we see what you did over there. You're going to come rock with us. So, um, it'll be interesting, man. It'll be real interesting. There's been a lot of coaching changes, and... I mean, that's how the NBA is every year, right? There's a bunch of coaching changes because someone's like, oh, that's enough, right? Your turn. You're up next. So, um, you know, with that said, we actually are got to go to our final segment, man, our famous yeah. segment. What's our what's our famous segment, Sean? Yeah or no. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> he oh, didn't put the stank on it, man. It's yeah oh. or no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So it's just a series. Chat. Okay, James Sutton, what's going on, fella? My man. Hey, I'm gonna talk to you, Kwame. Okay, yeah, Kwame, what's going on, man? Um, so first question, yeah or no? Joel Embiid will outlast Doc Rivers in Philly. <laughs> Who wants to take that one? Uh, I'm going. Uh, that's a tough one right there. Yeah. Uh, you gotta go first, Sean. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say 
Yeah, cause <laughs> it, it, yeah, cause right, right, cause cause Doc Rivers, it, it can it can all kind of just crash and burn for him, maybe. Oh my but, god! But it could also the same thing could happen for Embiid. But I think if anyone, they're gonna look to get rid of Simmons first. Embiid might just be like sticking around, maybe waiting for free agency. Right. I, I don't know. It, like if he leaves, that's maybe how it's gonna go down. Yeah, I'd have to say, I agree. I'd have to say uh, MB, who will last longer than Doc. Yeah. You got to keep him. He, he's centerpiece. You got to keep him. Yeah. You can get another Doc. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, did my man Doc dirty. You can get it, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. He didn't like him a lot, too. Yeah, I mean, you, you hit it on the head, though. You said the word, centerpiece. He's the centerpiece, and it's hard to get franchise players. Even though I'm not a huge Embiid fan... But it's hard to find another seven footer that can do what he does. So right. yeah, I think Embiid uh, will will outlast Doc. Hopefully they can they can last for a long time together, right? I hope so. Yeah. So second year and all, Sam Cassell will have a head coaching job by the start of next season. I'm gonna say yeah, just to be optimistic. Right. Like <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You know. I think he should have one with some of the remaining teams with vacancies. Yeah. You know, I would like to see him have one right now. Yeah. So, I'm going to be optimistic and say yes. Sam Cassell's going to have a job. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sam. What do you say? I think I'm also, again, kind of just going to – I'm just going to kind of trust Uncle Lenny and say, yeah, he probably – he is going to have one. I think a lot of people are going to think that all the coaches that either got fired or stepped down are maybe going to go to other new teams – but then what's going to happen is maybe like Sam Cassell slips in there and he gets a job for a team. You know, they might do pretty good. Yeah. I think they will. So, yeah. Unfortunately, I'm going to say nah, fellas. <laughs> because, like, with the NBA, NFL, you hear a lot about uh, these wonder kids or the, the hot coach, right? Like, and unfortunately, to kind of bring it back to your point, Coach Myers, African-Americans don't really get those that type of buzz, mm-hmm. right? So Sam Cassell, I've heard his name in a few circles, but he hasn't really got buzz like that or like momentum to where teams are like clamoring to get him. So I'm going to actually go with nah, okay? And then for the last question, I actually just got a little bit of, uh, little not breaking news because it's not all the way news, but a little rumor that Jeff Van Gundy is being interviewed for the Rockets position. So, yeah or no, Jeff Killer Van Gundy returns to the sidelines for Houston. I, I would say, I would say, yeah, I can see him there. Yeah, I can see definitely see him there. I like Jeff a lot. Me too. I do too. You know, so I like him a lot. I think he'll do well there too. So, yeah. Um. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I think that's a good fit for them. You know. Um, a guy with a lot of coaching experience. You can't have a young guy there. Right. You can't have a young right. Guy can't. Not at all. These guys we talked about, he's younger. We can't have. You can't, can't do it. So. Right. Um, <laughs> I think a veteran coach like that, a guy, you know, when when Jeff went out and grabbed Alonzo Mourning's leg. <laughs> right. right. You got a coach like that. Right. That, that'll do that. Right. You, know, <laughs> you all right with me? I like him for that job. <laughs> That's <laughs> a good point. <laughs> what do you think about Sean Christian? Uh, I'm actually going to say nah. I think that Houston's got to really be looking at Mark Jackson. Mm. Um, but I think if not, 
Mark Jackson than maybe Jeff Van Gundy, but I think they really got to be trying to invest in, you know, picking up Mark Jackson as a head coach. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. I'm going to go with yeah as well because I know Jeff Van Gundy always speaks so fondly of his time in Houston, and I think maybe he's itching to get back to the sideline. At the same time, though, I don't think it's going to end well for him. I don't. Just because I think – I hate to use the term coach killer, but I just don't know how you coach James Harden. And James Harden is one of the most talented players we've ever seen, but he's just so unique. I'm just not sure what you – like, I don't know how you win with them as your primary score. So I'm going to say, yeah, but I don't think it'll end well. Kind of like Phil Jackson going to the Knicks to help out, and that just – it was like, it's it's over, man. It's it's a wrap. So, yeah, that wrap – that wraps up our final segment. Coach Myers. Clap it up for Coach Myers. Thank you again for joining us this afternoon, man, dropping some major wisdom on us. Before we get out of here, though, we see you got the Reese Beyond shirt on, man. Please, can you, like, is there a way for us to support that? Is there a way to get our hands on this apparel? I know Coach Josh is, is putting some fire stuff out. Is there, like, a link or anything where we can support? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you can, um, one of the best ways is, on Instagram, Reach Beyond Apparel on Instagram. Uh, like you said, my brother Josh is uh, is running that uh, part of the program with, with the gear. So he's coming up with a lot of stuff. He had a, had a soft launch okay. in the summer. So um, he, he's getting ready for this winter winter stuff with the hoodies and everything. Right. So, yeah. And it, Reach Beyond Apparel on Instagram and reachbeyondapparel.com. Okay. Yeah. Hey, we're going to definitely yeah. jump on there and grab some stuff, man. I got a couple of hats and shirts already. But I got to get my hoodie game up for hoodie season, man. So, man, shout out to y'all for continuing to, to be a blessing to the young folks out here, continuing to be a pillar in your community, and for continuing to be a part of our family, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we, this is maybe this is nepotism. We don't care. We bringing our family, right? <laughs> right. Absolutely, no, man. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. Had a great time. Keep doing a good work. Like I said, super proud of you guys. This is an awesome show. So um, I can't wait to see, see the next episode. So I appreciate it. Hey, thanks so much, Coach Myers. You. you want to go ahead and take us out with Sean Christian? Yeah, well, thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Hoop Live with Sean Sean podcast, episode 31. Uh, make sure you uh, listen to the next episode and all the other episodes. And make sure you rate us five stars as always. Um, and make sure you write a comment letting us know what you think we could do better or any suggestions that you have for us to do interesting ideas and we're on all podcast platforms including spotify anchor google podcast apple podcast and all other podcast platforms and from our family to yours peace peace